if it is something you really, really actually want to do and you're really passionate about it and you're in it for the right reasons, so like not money because that's not a thing that you will likely make anytime soon, um, then absolutely like go for it. I would tell this person if they told me they wanted to be an actor, I'd really encourage them to take a hard look at themselves in the mirror and not, it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing, but I'd encourage them to do a lot of self-reflection because that's a thing, I think that's a thing that a lot of people forget about. Hello everyone, welcome to the 16th episode of the Unofficial Lost Year Film Podcast. Today I'm joined by Chris Kenton and um, new to the show, Otanel Yansu and Dylan Harris. Say hello everyone. Hello. hello. I just botched your last wow. name, didn't I, OT? Yeah, you absolutely did. <laughs> yes. You forgot my J. Sorry, you're yeah, right. Brandon. Okay. Otanel <laughs> Yanku. Right. How do you say that? Yanku. Yanku. Yeah, that was good. Okay. And Dylan J. Harris. How are people ever going to find me on Google, Brandon? Come on. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> it, it, you know, top, we just talked about this too. Uh. <laughs> All right, so because OT and Dylan are actors, um, today's podcast is going to be talking about acting, tips, tricks, and things to know. OT is um, an actor at La Sierra, um, or sorry, actress at La Sierra, if we're doing gender, gender terms, you know, actor is a, a gender neutral, I think. Um, Dylan is, or sorry, was an actor, <laughs> a student at Retired. Chapman. Yes. Um, <laughs> OT and Dylan, like myself, are both uh, fourth-year seniors, so we are graduating this year. In Dylan's case, he's on semester, so he graduated by this time. Uh, but so let's start with OT. Just give us a brief background on your experiences and your background. Okay. Um, well, I actually split my time between like film and theater, and more recently, I've done a lot more theater. Um, as far as film stuff goes, I've mostly like I did a commercial couple years ago um and then since then i've just mostly done student films and stuff like that as far as theater goes i've uh i've played hamlet in hamlet and yeah that was a lot of fun lots of blood that was my favorite part uh and then i also have done more recently i've played the lead in a really great play called these shining lives and just a couple of other things i've more recently started trying to like do more stuff in the community and that's been a lot of fun and there's a lot of crazy people out there but they're lovely um but yeah i've i now i'm just trying to slowly move away from la sierra stuff and go out into the real world definitely all right dylan uh brief background and experiences yeah um so i got into acting uh in the start of elementary school uh they were doing this show called the music man jr and i really wanted to play harold hill so that's how i got into acting originally um and i did theater uh in elementary school i didn't do it in middle school i didn't do it most of high school actually until my senior year um i finally was able to get cast in a couple shows uh and then i came to chapman university mostly because they have the dodge film program and I knew that I wanted to start doing film uh, more seriously outside of like YouTube videos and other little things I was doing on my own. Um, and the film festival route seemed to make a lot of sense for me because I was just like, all right, I have no idea how I'm supposed to get to the industry, but this at least makes a little sense, even though it's still kind of a shot in the dark. I mean, it all is. So um, I came here and I am a theater major but uh, they also have a screen acting major here and I often get confused for it because I've just done as many films as I possibly could do here just to build up real footage and whatnot. And so it's been really cool getting to do uh, a couple theater shows. I really love Shakespeare. I got to do Measure for Measure, which is one of Shakespeare's like lesser known plays and like one of his more controversial plays, but we did it nonetheless and that was really fun. And so I'd be able to balance between that kind of classical background and then you know, a much more, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, a much more, I guess, modern way of attacking 
dialogue and stories and whatnot because i mean you see you see what kids are writing nowadays and you know it's it's nothing i'm talking like i'm an old man what am I, kids <laughs> nowadays uh what people are writing nowadays are nothing like a lot of the texts that i'm reading for theater um and so you know finding the difference between my classical training and finding out ways to minimalize it and get it to work for modern dialogue and texts and narratives it's it's been really cool and so i've just been doing theater in college and a little bit of film and now that i'm graduating college uh which is a scary thing to say out loud um i'm starting to branch off and try to really focus on the film track right now um as best i can and also because we're in this global pandemic slash quarantine i'm realizing the value of uh not only podcasts like this but also animation like i was talking about earlier and just how you can pretty much do that entirely remotely um and i think a lot more people are going to be watching cartoons pretty soon here so i've been trying to get my head in that game as well so yeah yeah definitely um what what you got you guys into acting as far as or like what attracts you to acting rather than like something else hmm I actually honestly I've this is like super cheesy and cliche but I've actually wanted to be an actor practically my whole life like the moment I found out like what an actor actually is like I didn't know and then you're like a child at like three and they tell you and I was like that's so cool I want to do that and uh and like that's just been something I've always wanted to do for a really long time but then as I grew up, I and I started doing it more. The reasons I'm attracted to it more than like anything else is, I, I think it's really cool just being able to step into another person's body and experiences in life, and it. I feel like it lets you empathize with another person a lot more than anything else can, and it also I feel like is one of the strongest forms of telling somebody else's story to someone else. So um, for example, like whether it's theater or film, I think it's even like reading maybe is the one thing that can maybe get somebody into something more. But like when you're watching these people on a screen, like for me, I, I go all across the emotional spectrum. Like I get really sad, I cry, I get really angry. I'll yell at the TV screen, you know what I mean? But like, that like if I can do that for someone else and help them emotionally go through this journey with this character, I think that's one of the most special things that anybody can do in life. So that's why I like it. <laughs> Heck yeah. Uh, I'll kind of piggyback off that. Um, so uh, I have to be honest here, right? We gotta be candid. Uh, when I first got into acting as a kid, uh, it was just a lot of fun. And I was like, this is a way I can succeed at something and hopefully I will get famous. Uh, and this was kind of my, like, <laughs> this was, I mean, I'll be honest, that was my mind as a child. I was like, how can I be a star, right? Um, and then uh, as I started to get older, I realize it's it's a it's a little less about the fame and it's a little bit more about I just especially with film and I think that's what's drawn me to films specifically more and more over the years is I love the idea of having you know a permanent legacy that lives past me right because you always hear like I don't know if you've heard this but you like you. <laughs> I always bring the mood up, but you die twice, right? You die like literally. And then the last time somebody ever says your name and like, I just love the idea of like having that legacy of like, no matter what happens, no matter what I do the rest of my life, I have this film that, you know, people can watch back and be like, Oh, he was really passionate about something. And he was hopefully <laughs> at least relatively good at it. Um, you know, you, you think you, I'd hope so if I dedicate my whole life to it. And it, I don't know, it's just, it's, I've had so many things, pretty much every other thing come and go in my life and acting has remained the only constant. Um, and it's, it's really, it's, it's an outlet. It's, it's not therapy, but it's, 
it's a it's a release it's 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 just a way to emote and get to be an honest human being and go through all these emotions and tantrums and amazing experiences and like not have any of the potential repercussions of real life <laughs> and i think that's pretty cool um and i've just been so fun it's ugh, i've had so much fun every time i've done it and it's never felt like work and if i can ever make money doing something that doesn't feel like work that's the goal for me so yeah definitely i think you guys definitely bring out the uniqueness and the and it's very special to see you guys um, not only when you're acting, but also outside of that, knowing who, who you guys are, knowing um, what great friends you are. It's, it's great. Um, Chris, Kenton, do you guys have any like thoughts or questions uh, you want to ask them? Yeah, right now? I was wondering, this is for both you guys. I was wondering if you prefer one style of acting over the other, like theater over film or film over theater. Or... Mm-hmm. I'll uh, take this. Oh, okay. no, go ahead. No, please. I want <laughs> you're good, you're good. I like time. this order. I'm a... Let's let's have you then me and then we don't have to I don't have Dang. to keep jumping on you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, honestly, I think both have their strengths and this especially since this is a film podcast, I might upset some people by saying this, but I think that theater is the absolute ultimate form of art. So, uh I feel like it honestly the process of it is just more pure is what I feel and not necessarily like the final product or anything. I just, this is actually going back on what Dylan said earlier about having something lasting. What I think is so cool about theater is that it imitates life so much that like, it's just that one time it happens once and that's it. Like not every, not even performances of the same thing will be the same ever. Like from one night to the next, it'll change. And every single time it is unique and it is so fragile. Like at any moment, the actor could forget the line or just like mess up or anything could go wrong. And most of the time it doesn't, which I think is like a really beautiful reflection of life. Cause honestly, things can go wrong and they do, but most of the time it's it's okay. Things are okay most of the time. So I don't know, I, I like, in that term, in those terms, I like theater better. And also I feel like when you do theater, you get more time to be the character and learn the character and figure out how you actually think is the best way to portray the character. And I mean, a similar thing would be like a TV show because that runs forever, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's, it's still something that like, okay, you filmed it, you moved on. And then if later you're like, shoot, that was wrong. Like from what I'm doing now, like too late, it's, oh, it's over with, which is one of the reasons I just really like theater is like you just spend a month and a half just studying this character and trying to figure out what the best way to be this person is. Yeah, this is a, this is an awesome question because I have thought about it all the time as I think about like, all right, what do I want to do with my life? Which should I be focusing on? Um, and I love theater to death. And I totally agree with everything OT is saying, because the one cool thing about theater, I have to give them that film will never have is that live experience. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I actually played um, a lot of sports growing up and I played football and basketball. I mean, I wasn't really good at basketball because I'm not the tallest guy around, but I was relatively decent at football. And um, there's just nothing kind of like that live experience that floods you with all this adrenaline of knowing anything could go wrong at any moment and all these eyes are on you and you could either be everybody's hero or just screw it up for everybody. And just that pressure, like that excitement and nervous energy that's there night after night after night. And like you said, it's never the same is it's just a, a rush that like you want to keep coming back to um and so you don't necessarily get that in film and like the one thing that buds me but it's obviously vital and necessary is you you go on a set whether it's for a day a weekend two weekends a month whatever you put in all this hard work you build this little family you don't want to say goodbye it's a short little thing it's over and then you sit in the dark and you wait and then one day 
uh, whether it's a month, a year, or never, you hear back <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's done. I'm going to watch it. But you're so far removed from the experience that you, you don't get that live interaction, that live engagement between actor and audience member. You're now an audience member, you know, watching yourself. And I know a lot of people have a tough time watching themselves. And I kind of struggle with that, but it's whatever. Um, film, on the other hand, like I said, I think the reason I ultimately do prefer film is the idea of there's no way to like encapsulate a theater performance and save it just the way it was and be able to show that to whoever you want to forever. Uh, much less, you know, the people that you don't, you won't even come into contact that are here years and years and years and years after us. And so just the idea of the permanency of it and like you can get a moment right one time and if they dot it on camera it will be there forever and you'll look like you're a stud of an actor right you just need that one good <laughs> take because that's the scariest thing about theater is it's literally it's just a two-hour oneer. it's just one take uh and so it does make it cool because you get to live in that character and breathe in it and it, it never stops you know you get to kind of it's it it, it's not necessarily methody, but it just in terms of just like you f do feel like you're living the character longer. Um, and I think that's why a lot of actors on film sets kind of do turn to that methody experience where they're trying to live in the character in between breaks and not talk to anyone because it, it might be that they're missing that aspect that you do get in theater because that's kind of the case, at least in most of the theater productions I've done at a college level is like you walk off stage and like, it's not like everybody just starts chit chatting. Like it's like the green room, you know, you're, you're living in that character, you're breathing in and you're thinking about where am I coming from? Where am I going to? Um, and so I try to implement that into my film acting without going off the deep end. So yeah, I I'd say theater gives you that live flow of energy between actor and audience and there's nothing like it. I mean, the closest I've gotten is, is like I said, sports and other live events, but the permanency of film and the idea of I can get it right and it will be there for everyone to see. Oh, he did that. I love that. So, yeah. I really like both of your answers. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. Chris, do you have any questions or thoughts? Uh, not at the moment. I just want to comment that like I'm having a really, really enjoyable time listening to both of you because I can tell just by the way you guys talk and your vocabulary choices and just kind of like the way that you're expressing yourselves that you have a lot of passion behind your uh, behind your acting and behind your craft and it's just really refreshing to kind of like have a conversation with people that are fully invested in what they're doing so not, no questions at the moment i'm just having a good time <laughs> yeah i would agree yeah definitely i think i i have an opinion on what you guys just said um and that obviously i'm a film major and i'm a film student but that's that but like i feel like there's a lot more like tricks and nuances that you can do with film. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you can just insert one little shot here to like full focus on that. And like, I can have, you know, a, a landscape shot, you know, setting the scene that mm -hmm. you can't exactly do in, in um, theater, but theater, like, like, like you guys said, you know, it's very um, tricky, very, there's a lot of pressure on and it is a, a really pure art form. Mm -hmm. um, it's just so precious like she said it's so fragile and that's what makes it so exciting you're just like oh I, I, I could trip at any second and break his legs who knows like <laughs> i know i think the one thing that i think about um theater and, and specifically broadway um plays is that like like what he said they do last with you for a long time you end up thinking about it you know and replaying it in your mind probably more so than a good than like a a, a good film like it's only like those true master films, that, masterpiece films that kind of stick with you. But with theater, it's like seemingly like the Broadway ones like stick with you forever. <laughs> right, because it's it's a shared experience. And even if you're technically like seeing, like let's say it's Hamilton. I mean, everybody thinks they've, they've seen Hamilton, but the people who are there on any given night, that performance was just one special event, one special experience that only the people on that stage and the people watching them experience together. And they have that unique moment to themselves. Whereas a film, it's permanent, it's perfect, it's set. But because of that, everybody's seeing the exact same product. And so it doesn't seem as 
uh, as personal of a moment. So that's why I do agree. I think it takes a really good film that's taking into account, you know, what what do I want audiences to be thinking? What do I want audiences to be walking away from this film from? I think that's why you see so many people use the term like popcorn films because they're not really thinking about that. And so you, you enjoy it, it kind of washes over you and then you walk out. But most of the theater that I've seen with the exception of uh, some of the, the fluffy stuff, you know, there's always something they want you to think about walking out of that theater. And you're having these actors, you know, whether it's a foot away from you or a whole football length, a football field's a length away from you, they're trying to tell you something and you're having that live feedback back and forth. And yeah, I, I think that's really cool. I wanna just add that, like, like you said, um, about the audiences. I feel like with theater, like you don't have a show without an audience. Like a movie can still exist. I mean, obviously it's ma made to be watched, but like it's made, it's there. And that's great. Like it's woo. Like, but with theater, it's like, you don't, you don't have a show unless the audience is there. And I, I'm sure Dylan can uh, agree with this, that like, if you have an audience who is just like, like a dead crowd who's not really invested or not vocally laughing at the jokes or anything like you it sucks like the show <laughs> suffers because it is a give and take and it is a back and forth and then the days that the audiences are super engaged and they're there and they're like excited with you are some of the best performances because it again like it's the audience is like um a term people use is like the audience is another character like mm -hmm. we're on stage here and then like the audience is another whole character. And if that character sucks, well, so does the show, but like not necessarily, mm -hmm. but it's, it's kind of, kind of like that because of how important that energy is. No. Yeah. It's, there's totally an actor audience relationship and the audience definitely informs a live production every time, whether you like it or not. I mean, even if there's a fourth wall there, there's still like, you can you can see them they're in your peripheral vision and so you're gonna feed off their energy and so you're gonna either have to pump it up if they're not giving you anything and try to like slap them awake with whatever your dialogue is or find a way to you know keep everyone compelled or if they're giving you that energy you better take it and like shove it through the roof and be thankful for it and just keep playing off of it and so you don't get that as an actor in film and so that is that is one thing that i, I think is really cool about theater and one thing that will probably keep me coming back to it. Definitely. Uh, moving on to a couple more questions. Uh, <laughs> well, what do you guys think is something that people don't realize about acting? Um, I think people don't realize just how much preparation goes into it. Like I know, I know there's like the thing of the general public knows like, oh, method acting, that's cool. But like, I don't think they realize just how much goes into it. Like how much we as actors, we study each and every line and each and every scene and everything, like, and every single line we are saying, it, we're not just saying the words in character. We're like, we're thinking about like the tactics and the motivation and what the character wants and like all of these things. And there's so much that goes into it before you ever get in front of the camera or on the stage that it all informs the choices that you decide to make as the character. And I, I don't know if people really realize how much of that goes into it. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's, 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 it's kind of a sad truth. Cause I mean, up until recently, I was always really um, hesitant to tell anybody not in my immediate circle that I'm an actor because it's just, it's hard to be taken seriously, you know, until you reach this top 0.01% of people who've made it in this industry. And so I do agree that a lot of people underestimate the amount of work that goes into it. And I think some of that comes down to, there's so many people nowadays, especially with the, um, the, uh the rise of social media and things like TikTok, and now you got people called influencers who you know start vlogging and suddenly they want to call themselves the exact thing that i've been working you know year after year after year of training after training after training to be able to call myself and so when everybody starts calling themselves an actor and you don't know 
you know, how serious they are about it and how much training they've actually put behind saying that. I understand why that stigma exists, but it's still frustrating nonetheless. Um, something I don't think people realize about acting, at least um, in regards to my acting personally, and I, I would argue a lot of the names you probably love and adore is there's a lot of, uh, what's the word? Um, well, first of all, acting takes a lot of empathy. It takes a lot of emotional intelligence and it takes a lot of humility because as much as I, I understand how people say, you know, I love acting because it lets me step into someone else's shoes. At the end of the day, some of the best performances I've seen is not people stepping into other people's shoes. It's them like inhabiting somebody else and risking and revealing parts about themselves within the given circumstances of a character. And so it's, it's essentially putting up a mask or, you know, a filter over yourself, but then, you know, sharing your humanity with the world and probably parts of yourself that you don't necessarily like and necessarily want to share with people. But as long as it's, it's, it's through a character or a filter and your catering choices and whatnot, and you know parts of the character to something that is outside of yourself i just think like some of these greatest performances you look at um um tom cruise had this this breakdown moment oh, i'm forgetting the film but um you know you hear the the concept of substitution used a lot and i think substitution is just another way of saying they're sharing these really either extreme moments of joy or pain with an audience and sharing their humanity sharing the only thing that they really can share that nobody else can share is, and that's their individuality and who they are and their essence. Um, and it's, it's tough to open up to anybody in real life, much less a bunch of people in an audience or a bunch of hypothetical people, you know, will see this when you're looking at the lens of a camera. Um, and so being honest and like <laughs> being like, here you go, here's uh here's all my, 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 <laughs> my fun interests and my creepy crawlies and everything that makes me human. And I'm going to show it to you through this character, uh, through whatever filter or idea we're playing with on that given film or production. I don't know. I think that's just something people forget is yes, it's acting, but at the same time people are going through a lot to share a part of themselves with you. And uh, I respect that when I see it in other performers. So, yeah. Definitely, I think that's a really great point that you just made there. Uh, as far as like um, preparing for a project, like you're saying, OT, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Um, how do you guys specifically like prepare for a project? So it depends on the specific project. Um, but I guess as far as just overall, um, <laughs> there's, I guess I touched on this a little bit because like the first thing you want to do is you want to figure out what the character's one motivating driving want is, right? And then you go through every single moment of the film or the play or the script and trying to figure out like, why is my character making the choices that they're making? Like what is driving them? to make this choice like um why why would i why am i here like that's that's one of the biggest things i ask in a scene is like um why why am i here why is my character in this scene because like if there's no reason for me to be here i'm gonna leave like that's actually a, that's a really fun acting exercise when you have two actors just like you have to be there we want we there's a reason we're watching you right now why is it and wh what is it and so it's just that's that's part of my process is just going through every single thing and just like figuring out okay why why am I here what is my goal here and um what would I as the character how would I react differently than me as OT or how would OT react in this situation if that calls for it so when I first get, I guess, a, a character breakdown or a script or whatever, 
um, and get my first real understanding of who this person is supposed to be. I first look at, okay, which parts of this character are going to be most easily accessible to me, meaning what comes most naturally to me? Like, what do I not have to really work on? Because that's just kind of who I am. And so I, I find those parts and then I look at, okay, what parts of this would you probably not see me uh, inhabit or exemplify on any given day? Uh, and what am I going to have to, you know, work on a little bit? What's going to be a little bit more charactery and something I'm going to have to develop? And so once I've established that, then I get working on that and I start doing character building and I start playing with all sorts of things. And like she said, it's, it's kind of a, uh, it fluctuates. It's always kind of different because no role is the same. But uh, I'll try to find things, whether it's in other people, like traits that I like, or whether, uh, obviously, the best experiences you can draw on are your own. So I try to think about people I've interacted with in my life that exemplify this character. Or honestly, even uh, something I really love playing with um, for characters that aren't really like just necessarily the straight man, or maybe even they are, is like, I love animal imagery and it doesn't even have to be like human characteristics. I think about anything that can apply to this character, you know? Um, and then from there, it's kind of just text analysis and breaking down a script. Um, theater, you get, like she said, a little bit more time with it. And it literally comes down to trying to decipher how to attack every single word. I mean, especially if you look at Shakespeare, I'm breaking it down syllable by syllable. Um, film is a little bit more quick and dirty, um, and there's a lot more, I think, subtext to be conveyed in film just because you can get so much closer with the camera. Uh, and so there's so many little nuances that you can convey just through the, the flick of an eye or like the little smirk that you probably never catch on a stage. And so I'm thinking more about subtext and minimalistic choices when I'm working with film. Um, and then from there, I try not to get too up in my head about it. Uh, obviously the word fluctuates determining on the project, but then once I show up, the thing I always try to tell myself if I'm working on film is never forget where you're coming from and where you're going to. Cause I, I've seen just so many performances where you see the character, you know, walk out of their room and then they go into the next thing. And, you know, when they actually filmed it, it was like days apart. And this actor is acting completely different, even though they're literally just supposed to have walked from their room to the next room and it's supposed to be 10 seconds of time, but they're just like acting totally different or like not taking into account the argument they just had, you know, 10 seconds prior or whatever. Um, and so I always try to keep that in mind. And I always try to think, you know, at the end of the day, we're telling a story. So every story has to have a beginning, has to have a middle, has to have an end, it has to have, you know, somewhere to start from. It has to have a lot of buildup. It has to have a peak and you got to have a denouement. Uh, and so trying to build that within my own performance and, you know, maybe I could be self-indulgent and break down in this scene because that would be really fun for me and I could show everybody I could cry. But if that's not going to serve the story, then, okay, what, what? who's that serving besides me? Like, it's just, just forgive my language, but it's just masturbatory at that point. So I'm like, okay, no, no, no. Uh, and so you just, yeah, I, I try to craft that arc as best I can. Um, obviously working with the director and yeah, from there, I just, I try to get my vision across as best I can most efficiently and then see how I can cater that to the directors. And then I love that kind of back and forth. And I also love improvising. I try not to get ever stuck in choices. Um, I feel like you'll never you'll never find the right choice. That's, that's what's so fun about acting is you'll never get it right. So just keep trying. Yeah. You never know the possibilities are endless. So I try to never put myself inside a, inside a box or tell myself, Oh yeah, this is the right way of doing this line. You know, most definitely. I have a, a big question and I'll ask Chris or Kevin if they have any thoughts. Um, but you guys, OT and Dylan have both been on the front end of my writing and directing. <laughs> Which yes, sir. I know it has not been the best. Mm -mm. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Wait, I just want to say, Brennan, I, I will never forget the best note you've ever given me 
was when I was sitting at the table during uh, one of the Tates for After You where I'm just uh, studying and like kind of losing my mind, just like being stressed out about all these finals. Uh, and you told to me, you told me, think about what if I was at the bottom of the ocean looking up <laughs> all alone <laughs> and it just like perfectly sent me into like the mental space I needed to be for this character who was just living this anguish and like underwater hell and it just I don't know that that imagery because I'm I'm more of a, a visual person I just wanted to commend you I've never forgotten that I know I, I was honestly so happy after I gave you that note <laughs> you told me. I, I, I remember that I was sitting across from you when you uh, were talking with him about it Mm -hmm. <laughs> as far as the times where my writing and my directing have not been the best uh -huh. and in, in any in any in, in any uh experience that you guys have where it has not been the best um whether with me or with someone else how do you like prepare those specific scenes how do you go through like that scene when you're on set like mm -hmm. how do you guys deal with that as actors well first it is great if you have a director who allows you to tweak the lines a little bit to make them flow better. And you've always been really, really great about that because it's like, I, if I've ever read a line, I'm like, uh -huh. it's like, I get what you're trying to say, but like, that's not how normal people talk. <laughs> you've been okay with me switching it up. So it sounds just a little better. So that like, as to all of the young filmmakers out there listening, Trust your actor. If they want to switch it up a little <laughs> bit, please let them. But also, if you do encounter something where, like, the writer or director just very just, nope, that's the way I wrote it, that's the way I want it, which Brendan's never been that way, but um, there have been other people who have been that way. Um, <laughs> it's, honestly, it's a craft all of its own and just trying to figure out, like, okay, why am I talking this way? Or how can I make this sound as realistic as possible without like with with what I've been given um and also I think something as far as like direction goes if 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 a director ever gives me like a piece of direction that I'm like that does not make sense at all with what my vision of the story is or with my vision of the character like go feel free to talk to the director about it and not not just like um no I don't think that's right that's bad I don't like it like like go ahead and give your reasoning from what I've experienced anyway I think the director is willing to talk about it of like look I, I think maybe the character would do this because x y and z and and I think one of the most important things is always go back to the text like I, I know there's a lot of actors out there who are like trying to bring out things and pull things out of thin air to make the character more authentic and it's like well at the end of the day it's about the text though like this this whatever is here on this like page like yes you can read between the lines and i 100 believe in pulling extra things out of there but not things that don't go with the text like don't put your own interpretation on it like just try to be honest with what you've been given and at times it's a little more difficult but i think just a, again it's it's a process with everybody it's not just like i'm i'm not the only one here it's not me i'm not the only person trying to figure this out they want this to succeed. Everybody else here wants this to succeed. So just like talk about it. Yeah, I love that. Um, I would say I'd recommend to anyone trying to direct theater or film, if you're serious about it, take an acting class, even if it's just acting one-on-one. Uh, I've worked with a lot of directors that just have never been in my shoes. And there's just uh there is uh so much um uh difficulty in getting across some of uh my motivation behind what is my motivation uh <laughs> getting across my motivation behind uh choices i'm trying to make and just there's there's a sense of um just basic actor vocabulary that uh, a lot of directors that haven't been in that role before or that uh, or haven't acted before just don't really understand. Um, I'd also say that there's obviously an inherent hierarchy, you know, between actor and director, but some of the best directors I've worked with 
don't, you know, try to power trip on that and, you know, have a sense of humility to themselves. Uh, and I think part of it comes down to most of them probably did get that after training at some point and do understand, you know, what I'm going through, uh, especially during moments of like extreme emotional intensity or whatever, because recalling what I said earlier, like it's not, it's not all acting like I got to put myself through something to get there. Right. Uh, whether it's internal or external. Um, and then something I will just say is I feel like a lot of, so I direct, right. I, I don't, um, direct professionally, obviously for film, but I have gotten to direct uh, a lot of stuff uh, at Chapman for theater. And I try to direct my own little things at home that I make myself just for film. But I always catch myself trying to direct feeling. Um, and I don't think that's a good way of going about doing things because obviously you hear about like uh, I'm sure you've heard, like, don't give line readings to an actor, right? Because you're essentially stripping the entire possibility of creativity and nuance and extra choices away from the actor if you're telling them exactly how to say it. I do think that that's necessary when you recognize that the actor's not giving you anything and you just need a result, then okay, I understand. I still think there's other ways of going about it, but yes. Uh, but I think it's important to direct action, not feeling. So like, like I said earlier, uh, I think it was way more beneficial to hear, you know, what is your emotional reaction or uh, uh, energy in your body to being at the bottom of the ocean, looking up, suffocating, as opposed to be stressed out and be depressed, you know? So I, I, I always try to direct action because it's less specific in that it gives the actor more choices and more ability to play and if you're working with an actor who has training and knows what they're doing you want to give them as many opportunities to you know find something as possible so yeah just just try to find ways to direct action as opposed to being feeling oriented or you know result oriented for that matter you know enjoy the process because it is a process and it'll it'll find its way. It'll get there eventually. So if you want to, you know, have that last take where you're going to tell them exactly how to say it, whatever, but it, it's for everything else, you know, and understand that as an actor, as a director, as a whatever in this industry, it's a collaborative, collaborative, hello? Uh, <laughs> it's a collaborative, is it collaborative? Collaborative? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's a collaborative industry, right? So you'll never have complete control. And there's a lot of letting go. Obviously, a lot of letting go as an actor because I'll come up with something and then the director shoots it down, whatever. Like, don't get so attached to these ideas in your head unless, unless you know it's absolutely right. But I still encourage you, if you think that there's probably a door you haven't opened yet. Yeah. What, if, what if it's like, what if you know as an actor it's going to be absolutely bad no matter what? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, <laughs> at that point, you're hoping that you're at least getting compensated and that you get to go home soon. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think there's just a lot of letting go you got to do and realize that we're all working on creating a story together. And ultimately, it all comes down to the story. And I know it's easy to get focused on, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? But it's not about any of us. It's about what's the message we're trying to tell with whatever project we're working on. So making that the priority and having a, a, a vision that isn't so tunnel vision and self-focused and keeping yourself looking outward and trying to literally, as a director, you're trying to put yourself in the actor's shoes. As the actor, you're trying to understand what's it like if I were in the shoes of this other person. And so everybody, I think the more we can just try to understand each other and have a little bit more empathy and think about what would I want to hear if I was the actor right now, I think that would uh, serve us all. That's a good uh, pointer in life in general as well, not just yeah. in acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris, Kenton, do you guys have any thoughts or questions? Yeah. So um, I'm probably, well, Brendan and I mostly are probably the people on this podcast that have had the least amount of acting experience. I have had very little, if like non-existent acting experience on stage and like I like maybe once or twice in front of a camera, but it was like a throwaway thing. 
So mm-hmm. I'm speaking more from like a like director's point of view in this because um, from when I've done my own films, I just want to know if this is helpful or not, like talking to an actor. Um, I was taught in my school and in my education that if you're going to write a character, if you're going to then work with an actor and then try to get that character on the screen, you need to understand a bio of what this character is in your head. You need to like have all of these like, you know, factors and all of these like precise things about them. Okay, what's their age? What there's what's their ethnicity? When did they grow up? Where's the socioeconomic class, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera right? Mm-hmm. Um and I've had different experiences where I've had some actors who really appreciate like, here's a character bio that I thought of this character. Do with it what you want, but this is from my point of view what I wrote the character as. And then I've had actors who prefer to write their own character bio for what this character is and you know obviously that's has you know that that depends on who the person is in my opinion but i was wondering is that actually helpful like how important is it for the director to know their character in their head and know all of these factors and how is important is it to collaborate with the actor in really f- kind of figuring out and feathering out this person's identity well uh that's interesting because i some I'm also a screenwriter, like that's my major. <laughs> so I get what you're coming from with the writing aspect of it. Um, on the other, on the flip side as an actor, I think the more you know about the character, the more of an informed decision you can make. And honestly, like I've never actually worked with the director who straight up was like, here's a whole character bio, read this. Like I have not worked with that before. Um, but <laughs> it, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be upset as an actor. I'd be like, okay, like this is the vision. Like it, it's just an extension of it. Like I, if I'm creating, it's, it's kind of the same if I'm creating my own thing or if I'm taking this and applying it, it's a little different, obviously. Um, but there's still, no matter what, I'm still going to have the process of figuring things out for myself even if you're giving me things it's just it's just more to work with i guess so i i'm not sure but i i feel like it it wouldn't harm anything but it i guess if you're looking at it as like cuz one of the dylan mentioned um actors don't like line readings at all people <laughs> actors will get so mad if you give them a line like i'm chilling i'm fine i i'd prefer that you didn't but some like some actors will get so mad about it and um i guess if they're looking at it in that way then that could be a bit of a problem because it's like well you're not letting me make my own choice about the character but as as the writer though you have the right to do whatever you want i think it's a little different if somebody else wrote it and then as the director you are writing a bio for something that you didn't write that that's a little weird like that's my job as the actor let me figure it out I don't know if that made sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it did. Going off that, yeah, I think if it's not fleshed out from the writer, then I'd say by all means, I mean, I'm kind of an advocate for the more specific you can get, the better. So if you want to make a character bio and that's going to help you get your vision of what this character slash uh piece of art needs to be awesome because I honestly I mean there's so much information loss between people trying to convey (laughs) ideas to each other and visions and whatnot and so if you can get that across to me I'm all for it I, I just say I guess the only thing I could see being a problem is if uh I mean I I can't if you're talking about things outside of like things I can't control such as like uh, physical appearance and everything that this, this character represents isn't necessarily a, a choice or um, something I can m- turn from objective to subjective, if that made sense. Uh, then I don't know what to really say there, but if you're talking about like ways this character behaves or, you know, given circumstances of their background or you know what might they be doing you know after this script takes place or way before or whatnot i i don't know i think what i'm trying to say is that 
a character bio is only going to help. I think the only way it could ever hurt you is if you get so stuck to it that it stops you from being able to take ideas from the actor. Because if they not if they don't necessarily agree with the entire character bio, that's a good thing. That's an opportunity for you to have a conversation about this character and make them that much more intricate and more specific. So I think the more specific you can get, the better. And if the actor wants to argue it, like let them argue it, have a discussion, figure out why they feel that way. And if it serves the plot, awesome. If it doesn't, then let them know that. And like I said, I think it just comes down to a, a sense of humility and a little bit of letting go and understanding it's a collaborative pr process. So, yeah, but it can't hurt. It, can't, it can only hurt if it becomes religion, it becomes rule. And it's like, well, you have to do it this way and they're not doing it. And then it's just you batting heads and then they're ultimately going to start making choices that don't serve your vision. And then it's just going to go downhill from there. So that's really? what I got to say. Yeah, no, that's oh, really helpful insight. Oh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> no, go on, go on. <laughs> okay, can I just add just one last little thing? It's like, if you're going to do that, then just make sure it makes sense with the script. Cause a lot of people like to just like add their own thing on there. And then you're like, wait, but I'm reading the script here and this does not make sense. Like this, this character would not do that having that past or something like that. As, as long as my biggest rule is always come back to the text and just be honest with the text. So it's, it doesn't harm to add. It would harm to detract, I guess. Yeah. And that's especially, especially even more true in theater like the playwright's vision is the vision like you can make a commentary on it as a director but yeah it, it comes down to what the playwright wanted i think you have a little bit more leeway a little bit more freedom in film um yeah that's a good point like uh playwrights don't get paid like anything so that's <laughs> like they if they show up at a, at a performance of their play and they're like that you're changing a couple of my lines they can shut it down like they have every single right to shut down your entire play even if you're just changing a couple words so that that's one very very big difference between theater and film is that like the word is law for, th for theater <laughs> whereas in film there's a little more leeway like mm. dylan said mm. nice kenton do you have any questions or thoughts yeah i was wondering like who is your acting like role model mm. hey dylan you want to go first on this one <laughs> <laughs> sure um you're talking like uh, another actor that i look up to or another actor or just anyone that inspired you to becoming an actor mm -hmm. or who you almost sort of want to base yourself off of in a way uh-huh um, well, I can tell you some actors that I really admire um, and respect their process. Uh, that would be, first of all, wow. I feel like the first name I say is going to be like, oh, that's his favorite, but that's not necessarily the case. So in no specific order, uh, I love Miles Teller. Um, I think his work in Whiplash is something that I would love to be able to find in my own work. I think... There's um, like Taryn Egerton and Rocket Man. Uh, I'm a big, uh, who else, who else, who else? Okay, well I will say just from those two actors alone, um, there's a level of vulnerability and intensity to their work that I am always trying to achieve. And that is just so inspiring to me because being an actor, I'm not gonna lie, at this stage, it's really tough to watch someone who isn't putting any part of themselves into the work and think that they can just fake it and get away with it. Like I, I sniff that BS from a mile away. <laughs> and like what I can tell an actor is not putting any of themselves into the project, I just turn it off. I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to watch you. I'm sorry. Um, and so like I said, I think it, it takes, it takes a lot of, what's the word? Um, it's tough to share yourself like that. And you get the benefit of being behind the character's mask, but you're ultimately sharing a lot of yourself 
through acting. And the, the more you can do that while also applying technique and training and filtering your, and filtering yourself and making yourself bigger or smaller, however the character needs to. I think Taron Egerton and Miles Teller and, I mean, hell, even uh, James Franco. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily love all his work, but I think there's just a level of rawness to those actors. And anytime I see that rawness on film or on stage, oh, like James McAvoy, oh, oh, I can go on and on. Uh, there's just this level of rawness to their work. And you feel like it's it's about to be almost like too much. Like it's going to be this uh, like uh, emotional like vomiting, but then they're training filtering over that and you see them making the choice of yeah i could i could take this to whatever nth degree of emotion but i won't and i'm gonna take you on this story and they're aware of what they're trying to do with this character i don't know uh yeah just that that raw passion is something that always inspires me when i see it because i know i have it in myself and it reminds me of it and it reminds me why i want to be doing this and what I want to invoke in other people, hopefully one day when they watch me. So, yeah, just that rawness as an actor, that untamed stallion who is also, you know, aware of the greater picture and the story itself and isn't so self-indulged. Like, sorry, Timothy Chalamet, but I can see you, like, thinking that you're clever when you're making some choices. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm just I hear saying, some shots firing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, <laughs> actors that are willing to look ugly, you know, that aren't self-obsessed, that are willing to sacrifice maybe the way they want to be perceived for the story itself. I love that. Yeah. So my answer is going to expose my inner nerd. Uh, Christian Bale. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> scared me. Oh, my sorry. God. Sorry. I completely agree with Christian Bale. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's great. <laughs> all right oh so david Tennant is my answer like i know like he's yeah. he listed so many great people i just think david Tennant is one of the absolute greatest actors out there right now like for every single reason dylan was mentioning about just like the pure raw emotion and the vulnerability and just like the his willingness to just do anything that he needs to like here here he is and he he makes such interesting choices, I think, in like, like I'll I'll read the script and then I'll watch him do it and I'll be like, wow, that like I I would have never thought of doing that. That's amazing. Like, he has such a unique way of approaching things, but it's just like you can tell he's just being so vulnerable. And like, I honestly, I if I ever got to act with David Tennant, like that would be it. I could quit my <laughs> career forever. I. I love him so much. <laughs> I, don't, I think he's just like in everything he's ever been. He just like even his ability to create wildly different characters and still just find that inner honesty. So to name a few things for people who are like, who is David Tennant? Uh, he played the Tenth Doctor in Doctor Who. He played Kilgrave and Jessica Jones. That's right. Brendan is whistling the theme song, or he's attempting to. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> dang. Well, it'd be like that sometimes. Um, but dang, I'm forgetting everything else he's been in. But oh, oh, uh, Harry Potter. He played Barty Crouch Jr. So just like to put a face to for the like name. two minutes. <laughs> for like two minutes, but it was it was a beautiful two minutes. Like <laughs> that's on, honestly like the greatest actors can take a tiny role and and make something amazing out of it. Like just with their tiny amount of screen time, like they can make something memorable, which I think that's also something that he knows how to do. Um, yeah, I'm gonna stop now because if I keep going, I will go on forever. Yeah. I just think- Literally all these names keep coming to my head. Yeah. Like, Joan Hall, Hugh Jackman, oh yeah, I keep going. Uh. <laughs> Ian Hall. Um. <laughs> all right um though i think you guys are spot on with you know raw i'm uh, showing you know vulnerability and rawness and i think that's something that is uh, acting really you know is it's truly something special mm -hmm. um as as we wrap up here are there any last you know questions thoughts comments concerns 
Oh yeah, I have a I have a big question. No, Ooh, I have a tiny answer. <laughs> oh, um, since kind of like all of us are like artists in our own different ways and different flavors of like performance and everything and expression, uh, one of the things that has been really kind of hard for a lot of us, I imagine, not going to say for everybody, but um, it kind of seems like the general trend is that one, you're trying to convince yourself that this path that you want to go to is like worth pursuing and valuable and all this other jazz. But then the harder part is trying to convince yourself, you know, uh, trying to convince someone else that what you're pursuing is valuable and worthwhile. So my question is, what would you say to someone who wants to pursue acting? What would you kind of give them advice? How would you tell them? um, How would you kind of like help them along their journey? Or what would you do to someone who's considering like acting in the future okay um well i i want to give a tiny bit of background about myself for this answer because i i didn't get to do a lot of acting as a child even though i really really wanted to because my parents were like no you're not going to do that like i have a vivid memory of like in fourth grade i was like can i please do theater like please there's like i there's a role i could do that i'm a child and they need a child like i could do it and they were like absolutely not So it wasn't until like high school that I really actually started being able to pursue acting and not that much either because my school didn't really have a lot of things. So it was when I hit college mostly that I was able to just like full force go into things. But um, so I'm coming from a perspective of someone who everybody around me has told me, hey, this is stupid. Like, this is not a good idea for you to do this. And here I am and I'm still doing it. And it's not easy. I'm, I'm going to say, like, right off the bat, it's not easy. And I think one, so for speaking to somebody who's like me, I know that, like, you just want to be like, no, I don't care what you say. I'm going to just do this because I love to do this and it's my passion. And it's like, that's great. Good. Keep, keep that. Hold on to that. But also be honest with yourself about what you're getting yourself into because it's not easy. It really isn't. Like, you're if, if you're going to pursue acting and not have another job on the side to sustain yourself, like you're probably not going to be making very much money at first. You're going to be scraping for pennies potentially. Like it's not, it's not an easy thing. However, if, if it is something you really, really actually want to do and you're really passionate about it and you're in it for the right reasons, so like not money because that's not a thing that you will likely make anytime soon um then absolutely like go for it and it's not i will say this and this is something that i've had to learn it's not belittling or taking away from your passion or your dream to make the choice to have another job to sustain yourself like it's that's fine as long as i know there's people i know personally people who have done that but then they got stuck there and then their passion sort of fell to the wayside because they weren't able to pursue it as well like as much and so like I would advise to be careful and not get comfortable because like acting is something where you have to you have to constantly pursue you have to constantly look for jobs like even if you have an agent or a manager like they're not going to do all the work for you you still have to go out and look for jobs and do things um so like it's okay to do something else because money is important unfortunately um as long as you keep your eye on the target i think <laughs> yeah i totally agree with that that would probably be the first thing i tell anybody trying to be an actor i'd say make sure you really know get on doodle search my name <laughs> then search uh, that was probably the most egotistical thing I've said in the past couple weeks. All right. Uh, <laughs> the bad joke. Anyways, continuing. Uh, then search, you know, everything that it's going to take to actually feasibly do this if you even want to come close to being able to do it on a professional level. Um, then I ask them, think about why you want to do this. You know, is the reason kind of how it was for me at first? Is it is it just to be famous? Is it is it just so that you know you can get as many eyes on you as possible or what are you trying to do as an actor right what what is what is my motivation 
Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd challenge them to think about that. Uh, cause if it is just about, you know, being seen and having that star persona, like you can be an influencer. There's a thing called TikTok and YouTube and all that. And I think there's a lot of other outlets that I wouldn't necessarily, uh, 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 yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, anyways, uh, I would, Tell this person, if they told me they wanted to be an actor, I'd really encourage them to take a hard look at themselves in the mirror. And not, it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing, but I'd encourage them to do a lot of self-reflection because that's, I think, I think that's a thing that a lot of people forget about um, and kind of ties back this, my whole perception of what acting is. And it's that, I mean, <laughs> it's not coming from anybody else but you, right? And so you're not going to be able to play anybody else convincingly until you can play yourself convincingly. And there's so many people walking around day after day after day. I see on these streets. I keep talking like an old man. Uh, <laughs> I see the kiddos out there and uh, they, they have no idea who they are. And I think that's why you see so many child actors, you know, fail to find success once they really figure themselves out because it takes them too long in that process of doing so, you know, they don't really have much work during that time. So if you can really understand yourself and know yourself, you know, for all the good parts, for all the bad parts, for everything that makes you human, you're going to be able to influence that or not influence that to, to put that into your character work, into your acting. And so, you know, um, there's this, there's this guy out there named Stanislavski and uh, the first rule on his chart is work on oneself. And I think that is probably the most encapsulating advice I could give to somebody trying to be an actor. That's great. You guys are great. <laughs> <laughs> I really had a yeah. lot of fun with this. It was really nice uh, listening to you guys and your advice and your experiences. Yeah, mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Thanks for uh, asking me to be here. <laughs> thank, thank you guys for coming on. Um, OT and Dylan, where can people find you? People can find me um on instagram at dylan j harris or i just made my new website which is dylanjharris.me because apparently com and net and org are all taken but they don't have a website it's just a broken url that's being paid for but anyways dylanjharris.me yeah nice <laughs> um, you can also find me on instagram <laughs> Uh, under at show savvy, but savvy is spelled wrong. So that's S H O W S A A V Y. And it's not because I didn't know how to spell. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> uh, that's me on Instagram. Uh, I, and then when I get a website, I'll probably link it to my Instagram, but that's where I'm at right now. If you go into my uh in the little click the link you can find my resume on my instagram as well if you want my acting resume uh also i want to just throw out there that just because i like theater better doesn't mean i don't like film so please hire me and that's that that's it thanks once again to chris kenton ot and Dylan for joining me on the podcast today i hope you enjoyed it and you listen to more <laughs>